I, it, it's my privilege to speak today, I guess, in the sense of bringing a message. I'm really not the speaker today. Uh, I'll tell you about that in just a second. Proverbs chapter 3. I have put together some things that I want to share with our graduates. Uh, these four young people that are precious to our lives and special to us. But I want this to be applicable to everyone because it is. It's the Word of God. And so I think in the sanctuary this morning, I hope you say that is true. Yes, amen. I hope you think, Pastor, I will. Thank God I am. And if you're an older in life, thank God I have been. But I want to speak to us all. Today, as we honor these graduates, the actual speaker today will be Solomon. He's talking about wisdom of living life. I want to talk to us about the wisdom for life. And I know we hear all kind of philosophies. The commencement speaker, being Solomon, he, uh, the goal of having wisdom. How many of you know that we have a lot of educated and knowledgeable people, but sometimes we leave out wisdom and good common sense? And the commencement speaker being Solomon, here is a man who literally had it all. Here is a man who had everything that you think you'd like to have, everything you'd like to be or do. You just think about it, he had it. Whether it was wealth or whether it was position, whether it was power, success, fame, fortune, finance, he had it all. And he writes to his son to instruct him, having experienced the gamut of his life, and the Holy Spirit inspires Solomon's words, not only for his son, but for us. Because what is said today, I want to make this statement. What is said today is good for today. But it is better, graduates and young people and mom and dad and grandparents, it is better for the rest of your life. Good today, better for the rest of your life. So I want to simply give us some wisdom from Solomon, chapter 3, Proverbs, if you will, verse 1. Solomon says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. That is a powerful statement, and I, each one today I'm going to give you his instruction, and then we're going to ask why, because Solomon not only gives you the instruction, but he answers the why question. So I want to say, Solomon, why do not forget the law and let it keep the commandments with your heart? Verse 2 answers it, for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. I want you to think about these words. Solomon gives the big picture of life. And he says to his son, you've learned, in essence, mathematics and geography and science and biology and chemistry and grammar and history, and you've learned much about that. But can Solomon speak beyond that and say this, life is much more demanding than just those things. You must operate and must have some bedrock basis and anchor called principles. Say amen. So the first thing I want to share this morning is this. Obey God's law. That's one part of it. The essence part of it is this. From your heart. The law, which is the scripture, 
is wisdom for life. But let me tell you, if it's not obeyed and it's not done in a relationship, it doesn't have value. Graduates, you're going to hear this all your life. The number one success principle that you will ever learn and need is to obey the law of God from your heart. I want to share something with you from years and decades of ministry. I have been in the ministry over 40 years. I have counseled hundreds, multiple hundreds of people. I have dealt with issues in people's lives from a broad, broad spectrum. Frankly, simple things to things that I have never imagined or even thought that I would ever know or experience. I want to share with you today from a front row seat something that I have witnessed, and it is this. Graduates, mom and dad, doesn't matter who's here, hear me. Individuals, couples, families who do not know, but who know and do not obey, or who disregard God's Word, anyone that disregards this Word always mars their life with tragedy. It may look successful. It may have all of the content that would dazzle any any eye and dazzle any lust of the flesh or pride of life or moral standings. I want you to know that without the Word of God, there comes tragedy. Whether it's moral, marriage, business, whether it's family... I want to tell you relationships by the multi-millions today are torn apart. Because tragedy is ever present. Because tragedy always brings, with a viola- comes with a violation of God's Word. If you do not obey the Word of God, your life will have tragedy. Now you say, Pastor, a lot of people have tragedy. Yes, I know. In this sin-cursed world, we have it. But I'm talking about tragedy that could be avoided because God's Word is the bedrock principle of our heart and we keep obeying the Word of God, not because of its command, but because we love Him. Solomon is not saying use God's Word as a rule book, albeit that's a good idea. Solomon says, let your heart, this is a twice born, God birthed heart, keep my law, I want to say it again, in your heart, which means out of a genuine relationship with God. There are millions and billions of religious people today, but they know nothing about a relationship with God. I want you to know we are privileged In this nation, but we're privileged in this church, not only to know something about the book, but let it always be brought to us because we know the author of the book. Know it in your heart. First, I want to tell you, we must know God. Secondly, it's not just principle, but as I said, it's out of relationship. If you know the principle... And you do not keep, hear me, hear me young people, if you know the principle and you do not keep that out of relationship, if you keep it only out of semantics, or if, if you don't keep it out of relationship, temptation and circumstance will defeat you. 
Satan is a master at setting up circumstance. He is a master at setting up temptation. He is a master at coming against your reason. And if you don't keep the law of God out of relationship with God, Satan can defeat you. So here's a big question. Here's the biggest question of the day. Whether we're young or old, who owns your heart? Who or what has your heart? Let me ask us plainly. Is it God? Is it culture? Is it Hollywood? Is it career? Is it lust? Is it fame? Is it fortune? Who and what has your heart? Because out of the heart are all the issues of life according to Scripture. Jeremiah said, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And the Scripture and the Psalm says, Guard that heart. Teenagers, we have, through the pastor, youth pastor, parents, grandparents, this church, tried to put the concept of God guarding your heart. Please stay with it the rest of your life. I've told this story. I love it. And I I don't mean to embarrass them today, but several years ago, I went on a Canada fishing trip. I went with Andy and and some of the other men in the church, and we drove all the way from here and crossed up into Canada, a road trip. The first time I had ever seen one, Brother Andy had a, a GPS, and he put it on the dash of the vehicle, and they tuned that thing in. I'd never seen one before, and we chose the woman's name. You can choose male or female name. How many of you know that? I just figured that out. We put the address destination in it, and we took off, and then the road appeared on the screen, and it was pretty amazing. And the lady's voice came out and started talking to us. It was so much fun for a while. We were having fun, and we decided because Glenda is Glenda is, is Andy's wife, we would name this voice on the GPS Glenda. Glenda talked to us for hours and hours and hours and hours. Turn right at one point three miles. No, turn right at one. <laughs> Continue in this direction. 24 miles. Turn left at the next road number. You have missed your turn. Turn right, turn right, turn right, turn left. Unbelievable. Let me tell you something. It's tough traveling 16, 18 hours with a woman constantly telling four men what to do. It's just tough. That's all there is to it. I know I've lost every lady friend in the house. Telling you every turn to make, every time to move. And then when when you get to your destination, it's like, you got to be kidding. You have arrived. <laughs> Thank you, Glenna. We sure appreciate you. <laughs> you don't see the humor in it, I do. Especially when we kept urging, urging all the time, Andy, tell her what to do. Talk back to her. And he'd say, Glenna, shut up. <laughs> It's the only time he ever get by with it in his life, I promise you. It was fun. Well, I just want to tell you something. God is much better than a GPS system. God will not only get you to the destination. Verse 2, he says, He will add to your life 
as you travel, length of days, but don't miss the last one. He will add to your life something this world knows little of, but He will give you a peace that passes the understanding of the human mind. Thank God for His gifts. Grads, parents, youth, no one ever ruins their life by obeying the Word of God. Grads, if you want to succeed in life principles and following them, the Word of God with your heart is the absolute right combination. I confess to you that at times I've gotten off the intended path. I, it seemed to me that it would just be horrible. I've been there. I, I, I know when we were traveling to Canada, we would turn to, to get a hamburger or something, and Glenda would start saying, you have missed your turn. You have missed your turn, or something like that. And then it would come up and say, recalculating, 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 turn, 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 turn. But when we got back on the right path, everything was okay. Graduates, mom, at some time, everyone has gotten on the wrong path. Let me encourage you. If you get on the wrong path, recalculate. Get back to repentance. Get on your knees. Make it right with God. Obey His law. But because you have a relationship with Him, God will give you the direction again. Verse 3 for number 2. Solomon says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Solomon says to his son, mercy and truth are major issues for your life. Keep them close no matter where you go. And why? Because the answer is in verse 4. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Don't miss this. I, the, the point is, exemplify key principles in your life. What do you mean, Pastor? If you will be known for people who stand for principles and morals and stand for human dignity, you will have favor with God and men. Mercy and truth are spiritual principles that God give us. If you practice these two, you will have God's blessings. I want to say something. Listen, do you know what the difference is in a happy Christian and a struggling Christian? Do you know what the difference is in a happy Christian and an unhappy Christian? Many times it's the blessings of God. But and here's the reason. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean God blesses your life. What do you mean, Pastor? Hey, he blessed my life, yes, with salvation, yes. But I want to tell you, it has to go back to point one. Obey it out of relationship. God blesses His people in proportion to our obedience to Him and our close walk with Him. It is impossible to please God without faith, ladies and gentlemen. And obedience. Let's talk about mercy a second. He said mercy and truth. Mercy deals with people. The scripture says that the fruit of the Spirit, we be kind and forgiving and patient and not judgmental. Merciful people aren't 
compromisers. But they realize they too have made mistakes. And merciful people and kind people are long-suffering toward others because they know too they have failed and every one of us lives in a glass house. And a merciful person is also a team player. They are not full of themselves. God says keep mercy in the fabric of your, of your spirit and in the fabric of your life and you have favor with men and God. But watch this, the second one was truth. Truth is that which senses in mercy. It gives mercy its, it, its right proportion. See, so listen, mercy is something I need in my life, but it is guarded and sensed by absolute truth. I have a standard, and it's God's Word. Jesus said, God's Word is truth. I want you to know, young people, I don't care what any professor says, God's Word's not only truth, it's absolute truth. Exemplify principles. Let me say anything that turns away from this book, mom, dad, young person, graduate, Anything that turns away from this book is disobedience. And disobedience to this truth, whether it's for popular sake, popularity sake, whether it's for financial gain, whether it's for convenience, it will not turn out right. Listen carefully. We adhere to principles but we minister to those who are around us with a merciful spirit and we deal that, do that in absolute truth. Never compromise, young people, the truth, but deal with it in mercy. Thirdly, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your what? Heart. And lean not on your what? Own understanding. In all your ways what? Acknowledge Him. And he gives us that instruction. But why? Look at the end of verse 6. It says, And he shall direct your path. Trust with your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. I want to say this is point 3. Maintain an unshakable faith in God, and let me say, no matter what. We have a great example in the Old Testament. Job lost everything, the most wealthy man in our city, the most wealthy man of renown in our world, and he, Satan came and took it all. Thousands of livestock, even his own home, even his own children, and Job made this statement, Though God Himself slay me, yet will I trust Him. We're far too fickle about what we believe today to sometimes, I think, to have the kind of ilk in the spirit that we need like Job. I have been in many places where I felt I needed something and I felt Satan come in like a flood. This is really not all true. You're a fool. Why don't you leave people alone? And on and on and on. How many of you know that you need to recognize the voice of Satan in your life? I mean, he'll wear your self-talk out if you'll allow him. 
I've seen circumstance come when I just so disgusted, when I said, I'm through, I'm finished with this, I, I, I'm through with all that. <laughs> you maintain an unshakable faith in your life. It means I trust God wholly and continually, even in COVID-19, when I don't know, and when the world doesn't know, and when the leaders don't know, when this is a, a trick of Satan, when we're in this area, I trust God wholly and continually, because God is in heaven, and it is He who orders the place of life on this planet. And I know God knows what He's doing. And even when my enemy designs circumstance against me and, and discourage me and bring me to defeat and take all the heart I have for anything, even out of life, I will tell you this, I will not attempt to understand it by myself. I will use God's Word. And that means there are times, no matter what I feel, no matter what I think, no matter what my mind is telling me, I will not lean to my own understanding. I will not let Satan have control of my mind. I will say, as for me and my my house and my faith I will serve thee Lord and I will faith it I will faith it ladies and gentlemen there are some things that is not our that are just not our job to understand I did a funeral yesterday morning and family and, and just some friends that don't go to church here, the family. You, you, I doubt if many of you know them. But, for instance, I don't understand all there is about death. To our minds, we don't, even in all we know about it, it's a mystery of how it operates and how it happens. And, and listen, we're, when it comes to our concept of death, sometimes... We have this idea and opinion that some should live and others should die, and we wonder why. It's based on value systems. I don't understand all that, but let me give you some good news. Neither do I have to understand it all. It's my job to simply maintain an unshakable faith in God and listen to the reward. Here's what the Scripture says. If I will faith it, faith it, faith it. If I will not let what my emotions say, if I will not let what my human reason says, if I will not give in to circumstance and everything Satan designs for my demise, if I faith it, God said, I will direct your steps. I will direct your thoughts. I will direct your life. Graduates, if you will follow his direction, he will make the tough decisions of your life. How many of you are glad some things are not up to us? Fourthly, look at verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Why? Verse 8 gives us the answer. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. It's talking about... It's talking about how we relate to people, how we think in our minds. And so I want to say this, and this is almost diabolical to the message that we hear in 2020. But I want to say this. Recognize that you have limitations. 
We always want to say, you can do anything, you can do anything, and you're it, you're it, you're the center of the universe. And, and we can do many things. And I want us to be courageous, and I want you to be leaders, and I want you to think in a positive way, and I want you to accomplish things that, that you have never even imagined. But I want to share something with you. One of the dangers of our present generation is overconfidence when we are not prepared and do not know. And there can, there can be a, a, a coming of, and please don't think I'm trying to be negative. I'm just making an observation. We can, without knowing, uh, I said to a young person here a few days ago, I, I want to share something with you. I told this person, I know a lot more than you do because I'm 45, 50 years ahead of you. But I will guarantee you this, there's a lot of things you know that I don't know. And ladies and gentlemen, that's important to, to remember Arrogance is an outward manifestation of an inward pride. An old pastor, well, technologically we're advanced and you're a dinosaur, man. You're out there. I, I want to listen. Just because you have a lot of icons on your screen doesn't mean you have life together. You say, Pastor, why would you say that? Because I thought it'd be funny, that's why. And it is, but to understand this, there are applications out there I've never seen, nor do I want to, and I don't want, I, I, I'm going to tell you there's a lot of things out there nobody needs to see and look at. But listen, you can, you can borrow brains, but you can't borrow character. Fear the Lord, depart from evil, I'm concerned today, under the title of progress, we have determined that God doesn't know what He's talking about anymore, and we have a better concept of it. And one of the dangers of late society is we accept things in our lives today that because of the Word in a yesteryear, and even in Scripture, it was called evil yesterday. I want to tell you something, right and wrong are not old-fashioned, they're forever. It's not old-fashioned, this book. It's not archaic. The author does exist. It's Bible. And I want to tell you, it's forever settled in heaven. And this generation and a future generation and any past generation is not going to change it. Not going to change it. I'm going to get on touchy ground here because I know I've dealt with this before, so let me just talk to you. We, the Scripture says... For example, the Scripture says that wine is a mocker. It will destroy you, and anyone who puts alcohol to his lips is not wise. I didn't say that. The Lord said that. And we can decide, oh, Pastor, your generation is so old fogey. We've gotten beyond that. And we can social drink, and we can do all these things. I ask this question, are you being wise in your own eyes? Has God's Word really been outdated? Is God an old fogey? Is He some tyrant somewhere? Listen, God knows what is good for the human creature that He created in His own image. God declares, if you will honor the Lord with your heart, and if you will depart from evil, your flesh, your spirit, and your soul will be strong. And lastly... 
here's the point. Make God first priority. When I was a teenager, we used to sing a song called First Place. And the song went, why don't you give him first place in your heart? Don't turn away from his love, depart. You will have happiness right from the start if you give him first place in your heart. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. If you go back to that, it's talking about harvest time in Israel. They would come and take the first crop. They would bring it as an offering to the Lord. And then God would absolutely add blessing beyond that because he was first place. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. God's talking about giving. He's talking about a tithe. He's talking about your time. He's talking about your talent. He's talking about your life. He's talking about a right set of priorities. I have heard since I was a kid, Pastor, I can't afford to pay my tithes. That's a lie. That's a lie. Listen, God knows how to bless us. God knows how to order life for us. God knows what He's doing. Why, Pastor? Verse 10, so your barns will be filled. This is the Word of God. This is what God promised. You be a giving person. You have an attitude that everything belongs to God and I will obey you. And then when you prompt me, I will help. Lord, everything I own. Listen, do you know the tithe, the tenth, was in the Old Testament? You know what God wants in the New Testament? A hundred percent. Try that on for size. Oh, Pastor, what, what do you mean? Listen, you, you show a giving life. You show a generosity. You be faithful. You give beyond me. Just let the Spirit of God prompt you. But some things are mandatory. God says, so your barns will be filled with how much? Plenty. And your vats, your storage, what you have, overcome, overflow with new wine. You know what that's talking about? New wine means absolute bountiful blessings from God. Some things you can't put a dollar sign on. I was taught to tithe when I was a child. Taught to give and sponsor missions. And taught to to give my time to the Lord. My life to the Lord. Keep Him in priorities. And I want to tell you. I don't fault anybody. But I'm one of the most blessed men I know. You know why? Because my children are God lovers. My grandchildren are God lovers. They're at church. They worship God. They understand the Lord. There are some riches that you can't put a price on. God just says, you know why God emphasizes the tithe? It's simply because he, if you think God needs an American dollar, think again. Here's, here's what the issue is. The issue is, is God first in your life? Do you put me first? Do I own it all? How many of you know it all comes from Him? It all comes from Him. All I want to know is are you first? That's all God wants. Listen, if God knows He's first, then He don't mind how much He blesses you. Because when He's first, He'll direct you. I've gotten off my notes here and probably in trouble. Pastor, that's Old Testament. What about New Testament? 
Here it is. Matthew 6.33 Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. By direction of the Holy Spirit Psalm speaks, or Solomon speaks to us today. In closing, I'm going to say to Generation 2020, make God central of your life. Graduates, make God central in your life. Parents, make God central in your life. It will guide the way you live. It will determine how much you enjoy life. It will determine your eternity. So here's what I want to say to the graduates. We send you forth to be fruitful out of everything we've sown into your life. Parents, grandparents, church, pastors, youth pastors, teachers, girls' ministries, royal rangers, fine arts, all the things Easter egg hunts and Christmas parties. I don't know, John, do you still do rockathons or did I just date myself? Yeah, I just did. Never mind. All these things, all these things. So here's what we want you to do. If you're going to go away on a foreign college campus, understand. But whatever you do, you find you a church. You find you a spirit-filled, biblical, Bible-believing church. Stay around godly friends. Come on, Mom and Dad, say amen. Stay around the right crowd. Get with the right crowd. They may be the remnant, but stick with the right crowd. Because I've told you, show me your crowd, I, I know your future. Stay with... Get in church. Stay with the right crowd. Don't forsake what we have spent our lives giving you. And then when you find your mate, get back here because this is your home. Maybe that last part might not be the will of God, but I'm going to pray it is. Perhaps, who knows, maybe, maybe God will use you in ways you've never imagined. I want us to broaden that today from our graduates to all of us. We're all in stage, different stages of life. How many of you know that God can this morning take us where we are and make these words apply to us that we can be full, matured Christians doing the will 